This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you what you're looking at. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Happy Election Day. Is that a thing? Is that what we say? Go out and vote. Do your civic duty. Uh, make sure you, you listen to this uh, A to Z show while you're standing online waiting to cast your ballot today. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there. We are also on Roku TV. However you get your Roku TV on your Amazon Fire Stick, download that Roku TV app. Check out all of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Remember, we're free on YouTube and wherever you get all of your podcasts. Got a lot to do today. College football playoff rankings come out tonight. We will dissect that and what that is going to look like, although we do know the number one team in the nation will be Georgia, so no sweat there, but a lot of interesting topics and one I'm going to continue to die on, a hill I'm going to continue to die on until I'm completely dead in college football and the Hawks. What a huge, impressive win last night, but can they back it up with another one? That is the real question. All that and more coming up here on A to Z, as well as Shovels of Wisdom for the end of the show. Okay. Uh, spent yesterday afternoon at the Falcons press conference. Quick turnaround for Atlanta as they got to play on Thursday here, just two days away uh, before they retake on the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, I, I was surprised yesterday to start to see the, the narrative come out that um, – oh, maybe there's a disconnect between Marcus Mariota and Kyle Pitts, or maybe Kyle Pitts is, you know, frustrated and doesn't want to play with Marcus, and, you know, the production numbers aren't there, and there's a rift between the two, and I didn't see that one coming. Uh, I honestly didn't see that one coming. Uh, and while I'm not going to kind of sit here and sort of, you know, continue to perpetuate a narrative that I don't necessarily believe is true, um, I will say that once again, I'm back to the spot that I've been doing all season long, reminding everybody who the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons is uh, and, and what he's capable of and why we're not going to Desmond Ritter and all these other things that people seem to be forgetting. Um, and, and again, if the Buccaneers were 6-3 and three or 7-2, and two, we're not having any of these conversations. I guarantee it. But because they are tied for first in the NFC South and because there's a chance they can make the playoffs, everybody has moved the goalposts and changed the narrative. Guys, I'm not sure what you don't understand about Marcus Mariota. You, Marcus Mariota is that dog you got from the shelter, that rescue puppy or that rescue dog that you got that has so many different challenges to deal with. Why are you surprised that those challenges manifest themselves when you get the puppy home, when you get the dog home? We knew Marcus Mariota was inaccurate. We knew he was not a great passer. We knew he was not the best decision maker. We knew he would make more plays with his legs than with his arm. We've seen all these things. And week after week, People like me and in my position sit at these press conferences with Arthur Smith and continue to pelt questions at him about his quarterback. And week after week, he does the same exact thing, which is defend his quarterback to the hill, not allow anyone to see any cracks in the veneer, and make sure everybody understands that for whatever you are 
nitpicking on or talking about bad, Arthur Smith will remind you of the good that is there. Again, back to my 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 rescue dog analogy. For all the tearing up of the carpet, for all the the pooping and peeing on the floor and everything else, you sit on the couch, the puppy jumps in your lap and lays there and snuggles at you and looks at you and all of a sudden you're melting again going, "I love that I have this dog." That's what it is. That that's exactly what the relationship is for for at least what Arthur Smith wants it to be. Marcus Mariota will continue to make plays. He'll continue to extend drives. He'll do things on third and 13 that only a handful of quarterbacks in the league can do, i.e. make a certain play with his legs. And guess what? He's also going to throw a pass that's high. He's also going to throw a pass that's behind somebody. He's going to miss a wide-open receiver. He's going to miss one side of the field and not see the read and just throw the ball to where he's looking. Those things are going to happen. It's part of who he is. And oh, by the way, I mean, you know, it's that old adage that, yes, you know, we give quarterbacks way too much credit and way too much blame and this, that, and the other. You know, I get all that. But, I mean, guys, I'm not sure you'd be four and five and tied for first place with uh, another quarterback. I mean, you, you guys have to realize two things. One, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in this league who can run Arthur Smith's system. There's just not. And you have to do so much work pre-snap in Arthur Smith's system that it's not for every single quarterback out there. And that's another reason why Desmond Ritter isn't starting, guys. Asking a rookie to have that sort of cognizant understanding of NFL defenses, what they do pre-snap, is really, really a lot to ask. You, you gain that through experience. You gain that through making mistakes. And if you put Desmond Ritter in, you're essentially saying, we're going to allow him to make mistakes and lose games, and Arthur Smith is not going to do that. That's number one. Number two, a lot of the things that have gone wrong in games this year for the Falcons aren't Marcus, Marcus Mariota's fault. They're just not. I'm not sitting here patting him on the back and saying he's a good quarterback. We knew he was a limited quarterback at the beginning of the year. Uh, why did any of this change? When did anybody's mind change on this? That all of a sudden, you know, you, you had a guy that I guess, you know, the former number two overall pick that was going to elevate a team. He's, he's never done that, period. But there are a lot of other things that have gone on in games that they've lost that are not entirely his fault. It's not his fault that Drake London got a ball ripped away. It's not his fault that TQ Graham couldn't hold on to the football. It's not his fault. Is it his fault that he missed a wide-open Kyle Pitts? Yeah, that's his fault. Did that cost them a game in any size, way, shape, or form? I'd argue not as much as any of the turnovers. But this is what we do. We want to put all the focus on the quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven league. I'll remind you again, Arthur Smith, for my money, is one of the top three coaches in the NFL this year with the job that he's doing. He has hidden so many deficiencies of Marcus Mariota and tried to accentuate so many positives, and the result has been more favorable than not. But again, I don't want to have this whole conversation about a rift between the quarterback and and, and the tight end, their best player. I mean, if there was any sense of that, Arthur Smith would have crushed it immediately. 
I mean, again, a lot of you guys haven't been around Arthur Smith a lot, but if you are around him and you, you, you read his body language and you look in his eyes and you can see what he talks and the inflection in his voice, and you know, all these things I think matter when you're having a conversation with a coach. He don't put up with no BS. And if there was a inkling of that going on between his quarterback and his number one primary target, it would be squelched immediately. Period. There's not a chance that that's going on. If it is going on, it's quite internal to Kyle Pitts. And let me tell you something. If Arthur Smith sensed that Kyle Pitts was taking his foot off the gas pedal because he was unhappy with Marcus Mariota, Kyle Pitts' ass would be on the bench. I have 100% confidence in saying that about Arthur Smith. Because it's the one thing I know about Arthur Smith that I can, I can bet the house on. You don't put up an OBS, and if your attitude stinks, you're gone. He doesn't care about your talent. He's not looking for the best players. He's looking for the right ones. And as of now, for this offense, he's got the right quarterback of anybody that is available out there to be quarterback of this team. And that's it. All right, let's get to the uh, college football playoff here in just a moment. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Got the Falcons coming up on Thursday night. Three-point favorites, a very odd number, considering they were a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Now they're still laying three on the road. Get some more reviews on this game and news and reviews of every league. Baseball's over, but, you know, they had a great run-up to the World Series with all their information, NFL, college, football, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they've got you covered. Listen to the pods, guys. Great information there as well. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn about the action that's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. And in order to get you ready for the Falcons game coming up on Thursday. Make sure you guys check out Locked On Falcons with Aaron Freeman. Does a fantastic job. We appreciate you guys listening to Locked On Falcons. But also, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, recaps of the games, and guess what? The take of the day, the best part of that show. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, uh, college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. What will happen versus what I think should happen. Um, in both of those cases, Georgia's going to be the number one team. Um, I would tell you that um, Ohio State and Michigan are going to be some version of two or three. I think Michigan likely would flip-flop over Ohio State, given Ohio State's struggles with Northwestern. Now, how much will the committee put into the idea of, uh, you know, the weather being a thing in Northwestern and how much it affected them and this, that, and the other. And, you know, Michigan has a, has a pretty convincing win uh, altogether as well. My guess is for optics sake, the committee would keep Ohio state number two and put Michigan at number three. I wouldn't flip flop them to be honest with you. I, I listen, I think Michigan's offense is problematic when they get up against a team that can score and score fast. They're not going to be able to keep up their defense needs to pitch. A, a damn near shutout with really good offenses like Georgia, Tennessee, Oregon, TCU, USC. They play any of those teams. They're going to have to hold that team to under 24. Otherwise they got no shot. I, I just don't, I don't trust that offense. Uh, it's slow. It's methodical. The ground game is great, but uh, for teams that score fast and take advantage, uh, 
Michigan playing in a back and forth, you know, tit for tat score kind of game doesn't help them at all. It's, it's not the game script they want. Now, what to do at four? In the AP poll, the lone undefeated team left TCU at nine and zero got the four spot. Um, do I believe that they will be at number four? No. Uh, do I think they should be at number four? No. I'll tell you who I should think should be there in a minute. I think they'll put Tennessee at number four. Um, the problem is Tennessee's loss to Alabama now took a little bit of a hit because Alabama just dropped a game to LSU. Um, and it might even take a bigger loss, uh, a bigger hit, if Ole Miss beats Alabama again this week. What has happened now for Tennessee is they need a ton of help. Uh, I do not believe Tennessee belongs in the college football playoff, period. They don't. I, I just, I'm not, I don't get over enamored with offense. Uh, we talk so much about style points and everything else and how much they shouldn't matter. Uh, they probably do, but uh, Tennessee in the playoff gets roasted by any of those playoff teams. They absolutely, Ohio State, Michigan uh, absolutely roast Tennessee. We already know what Georgia can do to them. Now, you guys should know by now who I have as the fourth team in the nation, if you've been paying attention at all, not only to me here on this show, but to me on Twitter. Yes, the number four team in the nation, folks, is the Oregon Ducks. Hate it all you want. It's just the case. Oregon is one of the more curious teams in college football and one of the biggest litmus tests for the committee. Another blowout win for Oregon. Another 40-point game. They've scored at least 40 points in every single game since week one. And I'll say it again, just in case you didn't hear me for the last two weeks I've been saying it. Oregon runs the table and wins the Pac-12 with one loss. They are absolutely 100% lockstep in the college football playoff. Each week, Oregon keeps reminding us that week one was an aberration. And I'm not saying Georgia's not that good. What I'm saying is Oregon's performance in that game was an aberration. Go back to week one, Georgia still probably wins. Does Oregon score 20 points, 24 points, and make it a much more palpable game? Yeah, they can go back and play that game again. Now, I don't think it's crazy to think that Oregon could beat Georgia. I know, Georgia fans, I'm so sorry. Please get in my Twitter timeline and roast me for it. All the pieces are there. They got the quarterback play, they have the, the offense, and they have the coach. Is their defense problematic? Yeah. Their defense is problematic. But that doesn't mean that they can't look, their defense isn't as bad as Tennessee's, that's for sure. Okay. Uh and, and if Georgia scored 24 against uh or 34 rather against um Against Tennessee, well, you know, Oregon can hold them into the high 20s. I think their defense is good enough to do that. Because I think Dan Lanning understands how to scheme against Georgia. Oh, but he didn't do it in week one. Stop. Stop. It's a different team. It's a completely different team. It was the guy's first damn game as a head coach. Give it a little break. Give it a little break. And then, honestly, after we get that, now that I'm done, you know, pumping up Oregon, uh, after five and six, I believe they'll put TCU at five and LSU at six. That's my guess. And I think Tennessee should probably fall to seven. I would go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, TCU, LSU. 
and then Tennessee at seven. That's what I would do. I think after that, it doesn't really matter. USC, Alabama, UCLA, you know, Ole Miss has got to play a game in order for them to move. So uh, I don't know that they'll move much past 11. I think they'll stay exactly where they are. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, guys, Clemson and Alabama are out of the college football playoff. It's done. doesn't matter. Short of uh, the outbreak of World War III, a meteor landing uh, into the Pacific Ocean and creating a massive tidal wave that washes away all of America, uh, they're not getting it. This will be the first year since the inception of the college football playoff that neither Alabama or Clemson will be part of it. And this will be the first time in the last seven years that neither Alabama or Clemson will make an appearance in the national title game. So there's that. Make it that what you will. They're done. And that is the college football playoff here uh, in 2023. I'm really curious to see what they do at Oregon. I, I genuinely am. Uh, I, I think they should be. I think the committee will probably be hesitant and leave them out. I think they'll end up at five. Uh, I, I think what you'll see is Georgia, Ohio State, Mi <clears throat> excuse me, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon, TCU, or TCU, Oregon. I think that's what you'll see. Um, again, the committee kind of doesn't like the fact that TCU has had some comeback wins that they've had to get over and, you know, uh, what they do there. I, who, who knows? But we'll see. All right, a uh, huge win for the Atlanta Hawks. We'll get to that right after Shovels of Wisdom. First, a word from my friends at Built Bar. Guys, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are just missing out on one of the greatest, sweetest, most delicious joys in life. And they've got a brand-new flavor, cookie dough chunk. Oh, real, real pieces of cookie dough right in that Puffs bar. You know what I told you about the Puffs? What? Light, fluffy, chewy, amazing tasting. All the Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And not only are they tasty, they're great for you. 15 grams of protein, just 160 calories. This is the perfect snack in between meals, late at night when you're craving something sweet. Does not matter, folks. This is the, the best and most healthy thing and decision that you can make in your diet is adding Built Bar Puffs and the Cookie Dough Chunk. They are absolutely delicious. Go to Built.com, get a box for yourself, share it with the family, hide it from the kids, put it in your office, wherever you want. Built.com. You make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Uh, before we get to the Atlanta Hawks, now let's get to a Shovel of Wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Uh, you know how we do it every day. We have to uh, set somebody straight for saying or doing something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Markazino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Jim Ursay. Guys, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, my God. The move he made yesterday was beyond head-scratching. Um, he replaced Frank Reich, who he fired, which probably was – Warranted in coming as much as I have applauded Frank Reich over the years and loved him as a coach. Uh, as applauded and warranted, at least uh, warranted and, and expected, I should say. But replacing him with Jeff Saturday, whose lone coaching uh, experience is going to be one year at a high school here in Decatur, Georgia, is one of the more asinine, insulting things that I've seen in professional sports. You know, there are coaches who work for years, decades. 
shot, even have an interim head coach title, uh, and never get it. And to rip somebody off the streets, never coach a college game or professional game, and never head coach a college game or professional game, and put them at the front of your organization just because he used to play for you, he's a nice, likable guy, he looks good on TV, uh, is insulting. And it's wrong. And, and it underscores the process that people have to go to to become an NFL head coach. And I think it's rather gross that Jim Mercy would do it. Uh, I'm not surprised because Jim Mercy is, you know, one of the more, um, how do I put this delicately and nicely, erratic guys um, that you'll ever see. Uh, I'm not going to get into his personal history and everything else, but if you Google it, you'll find it. And uh, you can deduce uh, maybe the sort of uh, lack of his decision-making uh, skills to that. Regardless, uh, I don't like the fact that other coaches have passed up for this opportunity uh, and other folks that you could have gotten a, a retired coach who was Jack Del Rio, somebody sitting on the sidelines doing something, whatever it may be, any of those coaches out there. And that would have been okay. Uh, at least they have coaching experience. You could have offered to somebody on your staff, given them a chance to run the team for a little bit. You know, do what the Raiders did last year. Rick, Rick Sasaccia, you know, was, was getting thoughts that he could get NFL coaching interviews uh, because of the job that he did last year. And you're going to give it to Jeff Saturday. And that's no shot in disrespect to Jeff Saturday, but uh, I just, I hate the process and I hate the fact that it was done the way it was. So, there's that. Okay. Uh, Atlanta Hawks. Um, pull off one of the more surprising um, and maybe one of the best wins we've ever seen from a pre-Thanksgiving, you know, Hawks team uh, in recent memory. So we find out about an hour before tip-off last night that Trey Young isn't playing in the game, and uh, it's due to the, uh, you know, the, the shin, you know, bang that he got in the last game that they played, and it looked like the Hawks were going to go down big, uh, and it looked like they were going to get blown out because after the first 12 minutes. They only scored 25 points, and they trailed by 11. It looked like the route was on. Well, it was the complete opposite. Uh, the Hawks fought their way back in it, and by midway through the third quarter, had tied things – well, I shouldn't even say midway. Beginning of the third quarter, had tied things up at 60, and the second half went on a 65-40 to 40 run and defeated. Milwaukee Bucks oh, by 19 points. I mean, just utterly impressive. He get 25 points from DeAndre Murray. AJ Griffin had his best game in his young career, 24 points, career high for him. And the Bucks get their nine-game winning streak to start the season snapped. And wow, uh, that was absolutely a huge win for the Atlanta Hawks in any size, way, shape, or form. Um, I would like to just note one thing. Um, the Hawks shot 46%. What have I been saying routinely about shooting of one Mr. Trey Young? The Hawks shot infinitely better because he was not on the floor. Uh, that's probably something that needs to get fixed. I don't want to keep making a big deal about Trey shooting, but it's been bad to start the year. Uh, and I'm absolutely not saying that the Hawks are better without Trey. What I am saying is, is that Trey Young shooting needs to get fixed sooner rather than later if this offense wants to really have the, you know, to hit the ceiling of what they're capable of doing. That's 
what I'm saying. Something worth noting. Now, what else is worth noting is simply that this win is great, but, 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 how do you back it up, right? Because this is what good teams do. They go out and they get a big win, and you know what they don't have? A letdown in their next game, which is set up possibly for one because they are playing the Utah Jazz, who are currently the best team in the West right now, at 9-3. and three. Um, You know, that's something worth noting. Can you back this win up with another win? Can you string together, you know, a, a couple of wins against good teams and prove to everybody that you're better than what people thought? I mean, we, we talk so much about how these games, eh, they really don't matter, doesn't feel like they matter, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, let's just put the string together here, right? Uh, they, they close out the road trip with a win in New York. Beat New Orleans, a play-in team from last year. Beat Milwaukee. Imagine beating Utah and then taking on Philadelphia. Look at the rest of this stretch, folks. I mean, the next six, seven games are murder. Utah, two against Philly, at Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, at Cleveland, who is one of the more younger sort of upstart teams with the Donovan Mitchell acquisition. They don't get a break until they take on the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday, November 25th. You've got seven games between Wednesday and then the following Monday, the 21st, where you can really get a sense of what this team is and how good they can be. You've won three in a row. For the course of the next seven, at worst, go four and three, right? That gives you a seven and three stretch over 10 games. A great start to the year. It's a great start to the year. Got a, some tough road games in Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Not going to be easy. Again, Boston is loaded. Toronto is always giving the Hawks fits. You got to go through Cleveland. So we'll find out what the Hawks are and whether last night was some reality or that was some sort of, you know, not reality, if you want to put it that way. It's just you know, not a uh, thing. So there's that. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us today here on ADC. Uh, we have a, a big night with college football playoffs coming up uh, and two days away from the Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers. Again, check out Lock on Falcons with Aaron Freeman. Make it your first listen every single day. He's great. We love him. But for your next listen, check out the Lock on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Locked on Sports Today podcast available on the Odyssey app. Whenever you get your podcast, A to Z, available on YouTube, free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, search Locked on Sports Atlanta. Download Roku TV app, wherever you get it, Amazon Fire Stick, wherever it is. Make sure you check out all the Locked on Sports Atlanta shows on Roku TV. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on ATL. Follow me at L-T-N-O-R-K-T-I-N-N-O. Back tomorrow for a Wednesday. Make sure you guys have a great Tuesday. Go out and vote today. 